It's time now for North Star Sports, your source for the hottest sports takes in the business. Here's your host, Owen Ely. Hello, everyone, and welcome to North Star Sports. I'm your host, Owen Ely. You can follow me on Twitter at Owen Ely MN. You also can follow North Star Sports on Twitter at North Star MIN. Be sure to check out our website at NorthStarsports.media. And welcome to the show, everyone. We got a great one for you today here on this Wednesday, September 23rd. I am delighted, absolutely delighted to be joined here by Reagan Hooverman. Reagan, how's it going, buddy? It's going great. We've got we've we've actually got a decent amount of stuff to talk about. You know, put a little variety in there, a little NFL, a little NBA, and uh, should be a good time. Oh, absolutely. Maybe a little Gophers. I mean, who knows? I mean, oh, yeah. you know, I was I was told by. Uh, you know, the, the room above, I was told by, uh, you know, those, those higher ups, we only, we only have an hour for the show because we have a children's recital coming in afterwards. So we're going to have to <laughs> condense what we're doing. So I like it. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's the same old, same old, but it's, it's a fresh new take, Reagan. Absolutely. And so just, a, just a little housekeeping here beforehand, because yeah. it's been a while since we've talked on air, although not really, but uh, there was a big thing that happened. I mean, the, the main card showdown. I mean, you almost, you almost won that. I mean, it went down to the last fight on the card. That was, that was a little too close for comfort. Yeah, that was, I was, I was absolutely watching none of the fights. Didn't know who anybody was. I, I've, I don't know that I've ever watched an MMA fight. I don't think I have. Are those on ESPN? Uh, yeah, sometimes they are. Yep. Okay. Cause I see it on there every now and then I'm like, all right, let me find something else. But that, it was fun. I like doing picks and stuff. And I was surprised it was even competitive, which just means I got lucky for about two hours. But I don't know. It's a good time. And it, I, have you ever lost? Oh, yeah. I've lost, uh, I've lost twice. And okay. Two I, draws. Say, I don't think I've ever seen you report a loss on it's always Owen wins, dominating fashion or whatever. Like, <laughs> you're good. Dude, you know your MMA. That's, that's good stuff. Well, like I was trying to say to you, it's it's more like March Madness where, like, well, I could tell you why Kansas is going to go to the Final Four statistically, but it never, never happens. So, you know, yeah. it's it, – I, I don't think you got lucky. I think that's just how crazy it is. That's that's actually fair. That's like that's like when people do March Madness and they pick Duke to win a national championship every year, and every year they get bounced in the Sweet 16. Yeah, like the I, year they the year they had Zion and they had those two yeah. super close games versus like bum teams. I picked I picked Michigan State to beat that team and they did. So that was not many people had that. I'm, hey. Dude, I'm just not I'm just not a Duke believer. No, God, no. they always underperform in the tournament. Always. Oh, 100 percent. And just closing the main card showdown talkers. I mean, there's a very big pay per view this weekend, and there's a very highly anticipated matchup between the mailman and the fireman. And I don't know, you know, I was talking with, with the promoters and if, if, well, not if, I mean, when the mailman wins, I mean, he might be calling out a high profile target for a rematch. So wow, I'm just putting that this out is, there. I think this is breaking news. Well, it's still in the works. These contracts okay. that have to be figured out All and right. things like that. And this is behind the scenes talks. Yeah, absolutely. But you know, just like some certain Hastings stuff, you know what I mean? There's behind the scenes talks everywhere. You know what I mean? Always but, talking. That's right. Yeah, all all in good time. So, um, you know what? The, the floor is yours. I mean, whatever you want to talk about. I mean, I know we talked about the NBA. We could start with the NFL. I mean, I'm I'm game for whatever. I want to see what you are most eager to talk about. I'd like to start in the NFL. I think there's a lot of crazy stuff that happened, especially this last week. But you know, even even going back to the first week, there 
some teams are really surprising me. And I think we might have to try and, erase, try and whitewash some of the records of our predictions because some aren't looking great. More specifically, Minnesota and also the Los Angeles Rams. I've been pretty wrong about those two teams so far. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's always parity in the league every year, but holy sh- – I mean, I guess we should have figured it out. I mean, during a pandemic, there's probably going to be a multiplier yeah. on the on the parity in the season. So let, let's start with Minnesota because I, I'm, not, I'm, not a, I'm not a Vikings fan by any means, but I know that's, that's your team. Oh, man. What, what, what have you seen from them so far? Like, what is your analysis through two weeks? Their secondary is so fucking bad. <laughs> so bad, dude. And listen, I, I, I knew it was going to be bad, but I was just hoping it would be serviceable because the, the cornerbacks are all – I think every cornerback we have on roster, uh, unless we sign some fucking bum, is under like 24. Yeah. I mean, like Mike Hughes is a veteran in that, and he – and Mike, Mike Hughes isn't good anyway. I mean, I, I was under no false illusion that the secondary was rebuilding, but I figured, hey – we still have two Pro Bowl safeties, so, I mean, we might get torched for 12 yards every play, but at least, you know, we're not going to get burned over the top. But holy shit, Jeff Gladney's really bad. Uh, Cam is really bad. And listen, I'm not going to overreact and say they'll never be good. I mean, cornerback's probably the, the second steepest curve behind quarterback, but holy shit. Yep. And Kirk Cousins, I, fuck it, I'm done. I'm making no more excuses for this guy. Not that I was ever, ever a Kirkamaniac, but holy fuck, Kirk is bad. And, uh, you know, I was listening to some local radio and they explained it yep. perfectly where, you know, if, if there's no pressure and you're down by 14, Kirk will have a passer rating of 153. But yep. this guy and, and what frustrates me the most about Kirk, and it's not really something we've seen this season because there hasn't really been a primetime game. But like, oh, Kirk in the big moments, he threw that passing touchdown to Kyle Rudolph. OK, that was awesome. But that doesn't mean Kirk is good in big time moments. Just because you yeah. give him, just because you give him fifty moments, and by chance he happens to hit on two of them, a fucking trained monkey could hit on two of them. Like anybody could hit on two moments. But I, I did. I'm beyond frustrated with the, this. Every every level of the team. I'm going to be honest. Every single aspect of the team, just beyond frustrated. Yeah, and I, you know, I agree with a lot of what you said. And and for anyone listening, for anyone listening to this, go back. Listen after this is done. Go back and listen to our. Uh, our, our NFL kind of whatever breakdown preseason breakdown and and listen to what I said about the Vikings because I made I did about like two minutes on Kirk Cousins and said everything that has happened so far I'm like he's he's not good under pressure we know what he is we know what his ceiling is and if things aren't perfect around him the wheels will fly off and that's what we've seen through two weeks and I, I just find it amazing that I actually find it more unsettling that the Vikings front office is just extending everyone. Why is everyone getting an extension when, oh. when, when there's above average is as far as they've gone. Like, well, everybody's going to cite. Well, in 2017, we had a great season and it's like, okay, Case Keenum played like a hall of famer for like eight games, which isn't, you know, you can't repeat that. The defense was amazing, but that sense has fallen off. And they still got blown out in the NFC Championship game in Philly. So when I look at the Vikings and I look at all the pieces they have on that team, and it's a team, especially, well, up until this year, the defense has pretty much been the same roster for four or five years. And it's like, we know what they are. We know what the, we know what the ceiling is. 
this Vikings team is never going to come out and just dominate their way to a, to an NFC championship game, find a way to win it and be in the Super Bowl. It's just not going to happen. I don't think it'll happen with Mike Zimmer. I'm okay with Rick Spielman, but I don't understand the extension to Kirk. Like there's just is it because he won one playoff game in New Orleans in which Drew Brees was pretty bad? Is, is that the reason for the extension? Because he made one really nice throw down the seam to Adam Thielen to essentially win the game. Like, are, are we giving him all this, these boatloads of money? It's not like it's a, you know, a $5 million, Hey, whatever. We have an average quarterback and you know, whatever you can live with that. It's you're paying the dude like $30 million and he's not good. And the only way in which he's good is when the line is perfect, that you have a top five defense. The game plan is perfect. He has Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen, I would argue, two of the best, ten best receivers in the game. You have Dalvin Cook in the backfield. Like, if that's what it takes for Kirk to be worth $30 million, he should not be earning $30 million. And I, I just think whoever is making the extensions, obviously if it's going to be Spielman or Zimmer, like that's more going to come from the owners. But, you know, even with the extension to Kirk Cousins, that's a mistake. And now you're basically locked in and cash strapped for the next several years. And even if you tank for Trevor, which I'm assuming we're going to get, going to get into here in the next couple minutes, it's like, you're still going to be paying Kirk Cousins money for like the next three or four years. And I, I just don't see a way out of this for the Vikings, especially with the mistakes they've made. Um, in extending players. Yeah, well, very quickly, they never should have extended Dalvin Cook. Yeah, he's most of the Agreed. offense. Agreed. That's that's an indictment on your offense. So it is true he's most of the offense, but uh, fix that. I mean, you know Owen's famous rules for extending running backs. Never anything past age 29 and never anything more than $10 million. They broke both of those rules. Awful contract. And I understand – I mean, the fan base has turned against Kirk, and I can't say they're wrong, but I understand the reason why they ex- extend him is it's the fear of the unknown. This is a team that has had – dude, we've had Joe Webb as our starting quarterback. We've had Ponder. We'd have, we've had Castle, Kelly Holcomb. Like, you know what I mean? It's, it's the fear of the yeah. unknown. But, I mean, you know, what if, Kirk Cousins is who we thought he was. Okay? Right. Now, if you want to crown his ass, crown his ass. Okay? <laughs> but he was who we thought he was. Great reference. But, yeah, no, I agree with you. I mean, it's – it's just it, and you know, it's. I, I heard it in local radio, and you know, over in the cities, and the word is comfortable. The Vikings are always comfortable. They always want. Well, we can't be that bad, so let's just let's just bring everybody back. Let's just run it back. We don't want to win five games. Well, we got to keep our fan base happy. We got to make it look like we're trying to win a championship. The Vikings are. I know the Packers were called frauds last year being like whatever people are saying one of the worst 13 and three teams ever, whatever the Vikings are just as much, if not more frauds. I mean, they are so scared to be bad that they make bad signing after bad extension after bad hire because they're so scared of being mediocre. And the problem is, let let me make this very, very clear. Just, just quick. I don't, I don't fault anything the Vikings have done until up to this season. So we know the importance of winning with a rookie quarterback, Okay, the Vikings were never in a position over the last couple of years to have a top pick to get any of these quarterbacks. Okay, yeah, you, they could have drafted Lamar Jackson, but in fairness, who, who saw that coming, that he yeah, would be no, this but, good? But, but what I'm saying is that they're just – they're so scared of being bad. And I get, like, obviously the goal is always win a championship, win a championship, and, and every team is going to say that. We're in this to win a championship, and it's so they can keep the dumb 
fan bases, the people who don't actually pay attention and watch games and follow roster moves. It's so they can keep them happy. But the bottom line is if we know it starts and ends with quarterback. And I, I think extending Kirk is essentially a fireable offense. I, I, at some point you, you paid him three years and whatever it was. And this was, I'm going back to the first contract. What was it? Three years, 80 some million dollars, like all guaranteed. And that was a talker for a long time, you know, on every primetime game and every, every game I watched, it was, well, they've brought in Kirk and it's, and it's three years all guaranteed. And he's supposed to be the man or, or, you know, whatever he is, but by extent, you know what he is. Everybody knows what he is, but apparently the front office doesn't. And by extending him, I just feel like you've, the Vikings have really tied their hands behind their back and, and now don't know what to do because they're essentially stuck. We know, Like I said earlier, we know Kirk is good when everything is perfect, when the receivers, the running backs, the line, and the defense is great. But it, he's not a quarterback that can will you to a win. If yeah, you're and, and, down 14 the, in the third quarter and it's like nothing's going right, this is not a guy who's going to lift the team by the bootstraps and win you the football game. Yeah, but I just want to – I'm just saying. So it, yeah. it's, a, it's a fireable offense to extend Kirk. Signing Kirk Cousins was the right move to make at the, at the time. Not even, not, e- not, even hi- not even hindsight. Like there was no other move. Like, okay, you were going to bring back Case Keenum. Look at what happened. Like that was the best possible oh, move yep. you could make. But so we always talk about, and we'll talk about this in a minute with the Vikings specifically, but we always talk about the worst place to be is six and 10, right? The, the, the worst place to be is where the Vikings are, where you know, you you know, your ceiling, you could keep all these guys together. And maybe this is a down year. Maybe next year, if you kept everybody together, maybe you, maybe you go 10 and six, maybe you make a wild card, but we know your ceiling. You're not going to win a Super Bowl. You're not going to win an NFC championship game. I don't want to be here. I don't want to be where I know my ceiling. I would rather blow up the team and take a chance on rebuilding than to know that I'm going to be anywhere from seven and nine to hell, even say 11 and five, say everything goes our way. It's all perfect. But I know for a fact, we are not going to win more than two playoff games. It's just not a place I want to be in. And that's, you know, that's kind of my, the grand scheme, my argument. I agree that signing Kirk at the time was the right move. You know, you have one of the, essentially what was one of the three best defenses in the league coming off that season. And I feel like that three-year contract was the three-year window to try and win a Super Bowl. And now that it hasn't happened, I feel like they're taking the mentality of, well, let's just run it back and, you know, let's bring everybody back and, obviously this year has been different because they they've kind of started to blow it up and, and let some people go. But I just re-signing Kirk is, was never the answer. And you've, you've essentially cost yourself three years of a chance at a Super Bowl because you know, he can't win you a Super Bowl. And the only way that he could possibly win you a Super Bowl, like we said, is everything has to be perfect, but the roster's not good enough for everything to be perfect. So when you look at that, it's like you are just burning money and wasting time when the answer really should be, we need to be as bad as possible for at least one year, maybe two years, get a franchise quarterback and build from the ground up. And I, 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 they're clearly not interested in taking that route. Maybe after this year, that'll change because this roster is not good at all. But I mean, even if they do, you're still cash strapped because of Kirk's contract. You, if you want to win a Super Bowl, you have to draft a franchise quarterback. Now, 
some obviously sometimes when you draft a franchise quarterback ah turns out you didn't draft a franchise quarterback sometimes you you miss but i'd rather i'd rather miss because right now this is the best case scenario for what happens when you don't do that the best case scenario is you piecemeal a team together and you can get to the playoffs but you're not going to do anything and i like okay like yeah the ravens won with trent dilfer okay there's been 55 fucking you know super bowl years and you found the one example you know where where it didn't work out that way okay but there's there's generally you know a pattern that goes on here and and the thing is all these people getting really negative on the vikings that's fine but you got to realize the vikings are still going to go six and ten they're not they're not going to bottom out they're not that bad because the pressure is going to be lifted off of kirk you still have dalvin you still have some nice pieces it's not you know it's not the 2008 detroit lions you're not going to bottom out so you're not going to get uh, a Trevor Lawrence or a Trey Lance or a Justin Fields, the three franchise quarterbacks this year, because you're going to be picking at about pick number 10. Now, even if you're picking at pick number 10, fuck, that's as close as you're going to get to, you know, a top two pick. I would, I would trade that number 10 pick and literally everything I have to try to get one of those three quarterbacks. Cause I think it would be worth it, but this team's not going to bottom out at two and 14. They're just too, too good. And that's, I, I mean, I agree with that. I, I, I don't think they're bad enough to win, you know, three games or whatever it would be to, to likely have one of those top three picks. But it's like, then what's the approach they should be taking? I mean, do you just leave Daniel Hunter on IR? Do you like, you know, what is, what is the route that should be taken to get as bad as possible? Because obviously for us, it's easy to say, well, you just lose games, but it's like coaches are never going to do that. Players are absolutely never going to do that. So how, what, what is the route that the Vikings should be taking to get bad? And, like, I'm not exactly sure what that is. I would start by leaving Daniil Hunter on IR because it's, it's been reported that it's a neck injury and, you know, whatever. Just leave him there. Let him sit the year out because that dude's a corner. That dude can turn a defense around. Obviously, it's not going to fix the secondary. But the Vikings have had essentially zero pass rush through two weeks. And Daniil Hunter would fix a lot of that, a lot of those problems. So I'd leave him on IR and then, like, you know, what do you do with Kirk? What do you do with Dalvin and the offense? Do you just let it ride and, and, and hope you lose games? Like, I, I, they're kind of stuck. Well, there's what I would do and what's going to happen. What's going to happen is nothing. What I would do, I'm not even kidding. I've said this before. I would tank so blatantly and so obviously that they would have to implement rules in 2021 forbidding what I had done the, the year prior. Um, it's, it's, You're it's not wrong. just a terrible it's, spot to be in. It's a it's a brutal spot to be in, and the thing is, it's like the problem is you just people that are head coaches in the NFL, you're never going to talk them into into tanking. So they're just gonna they're gonna fight and they're gonna fight and they're gonna fight and try and win six games. And it's like that is the worst thing you should possibly do. And there's nothing we can do about it, you know. Like it's they're just stuck. But I I would definitely start by leaving Daniel Hunter on IR, and I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. Well, and this is a thing too, and I've I've said for a long time, the the NFL is seventy five percent the quarterback. I mean, I don't. Okay, you have a nice defense. That's very cool. It, it, it's largely irrelevant if you don't have a quarterback. Okay, then that just means you're going to lose close games. Like, why don't teams? And this applies to pretty much every single team, but it especially applies to, applies to the Vikings. Why the fuck don't we draft a quarterback every single year? I'm not saying in the first or the second. Eventually you'll hit. No, it's true. Well, dude, like, okay, so we've needed a young quarterback for a long time. I'm not saying over the last five years we should have drafted, 
given up everything to trade for trade up to get Jake Locker. You know what I mean? But like, dude, you can we, get we could we could have drafted a, a Dak Prescott. We could have drafted a Gardner Minshew. What the fuck Absolutely. would this team look like if we had that? Even yeah. say we still paid Kirk. Well, at least we have somebody who, when we bench Kirk because he's a fucking bum, Kirk at least we can go to Minshew. Yeah, no, I I agree with you. And real talk, Kirk should have been benched in in the in the Colts game. Like you, that the safety he took was unbelievably horrific. You can't hold the ball that long inside your own end zone. Like there's just so many problems with the Vikings. Um, and that's kind of what I got to say about that. Is do you want to move to Green Bay? Yeah, I have nothing more to say on the Vikings. In the, I don't either. I think just a perpetual disappointment. Okay. Um, so I'll, I'll let you start if you want. Um, you know, what, do you, what are your thoughts on Green Bay through two weeks? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to flip it on you. I'll let you go. I mean, you're the, okay. you're the okay. Packers expert. I'll just say um, I'm, I'm very surprised. I'll just say that and then well, – I – okay. I, I kind of fall into the same boat as you. I, th- I thought they'd be good this year. Um, it's nice to see that the offensive line has been playing surprisingly well. Obviously, you know, Bakhtiari is going to be that, you know, that cornerstone at left tackle and he's going to protect Aaron's blind side. But, you know, right tackle, right guard, there, there were questions um, coming into the year. And, of course, there's been injuries. But so far I've been impressed with the offensive line. Aaron Jones is who he is. Jamal Williams has developed nicely. I know there was talks in camp about how he's progressed and and what he's done to get better. And it's it's clearly worked because he's been – uh, not not quite splitting time with Aaron Jones, but last year he didn't get much time at all, and 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 this year he's become a essentially a pretty important piece of the offense. Devonte Adams is who he is. I know there's a potential hamstring injury that might keep him out. I saw he didn't practice today, which kind of hurts. Um, but I've been pleasantly surprised with the receivers. MVS has been, it's been either home run or strikeout with him. It's, it's either a bomb down the sideline, an amazing catch, or it's a drop over the middle that would have been a first down to seal the game. And that's who he's been for a couple of years. The highlights, the ceiling, I should say, over the last several years wasn't nearly as high this year. It seems like he's taken a step, um, but there's still been the drop issues. Um, Lazard has been good. Like, I, I'm surprised. I'm surprised with how the receivers have played thus far. And I'm curious to see if any of those guys can take another step. You know, does Lazard move up? Does he does he make a, you know, kind of a jump? And does MVS do that as well? I don't know, but they've played well so far. Aaron Rodgers has returned to MVP form, and I know it's only been two weeks, but, you know, it's it's looked great so far. Um, obviously, the Vikings' defense is, is pretty bad, so with the way that happened, take it with a grain of salt. He made uh, – he made Detroit look stupid as well. So he's been good so far, and he's playing more in rhythm. I've noticed that he's, you know, the ball is coming out faster. He's not he's not throwing it away as much and scrambling to the sideline. So it, it seems like he's also learning more of the offense, obviously, in his second year in the LaFleur system. So I'm happy with that. The defense, it still frustrates me. I mean, they between the 20s, they are, they're not good. The pass rush has been okay. But Kenny Clark went down, and now essentially there's no run defense. Um, there's been some stupid penalties in the secondary, but overall I'm okay with the defense, but that needs to be tightened up. We saw what happened last year in the 49ers game. Um, you know, just absolutely exposed. And 
Raheem Mostert kind of looked like Walter Payton for about three quarters. So overall, I'm happy with the Packers two and zero. You can't complain about that. But I want to I want to see the defense tighten it up, and uh, I'm curious to see what happens with the receivers on the offense. Yeah, I think through two weeks for what it's worth. And again, it was two very bad defenses. Like, honestly, you probably couldn't find two worse secondaries. I know that they they have Akuda, and, you know, I guess technically the Vikings still have Harrison Smith, but he's kind of fallen off a little bit, actually alarmingly quickly. Um, But, yeah, Aaron Rodgers, through two weeks, and we'll see if it holds up, Aaron Jones and and Aaron Rodgers both might be the best at their their positions. Aaron Jones is a fucking monster. He's averaging seven yards a carry, which, again, it's through through two games against two bad teams, but – you know, it's kind of weird because I'm looking ahead at the Packers' schedule here and, you know, talking about the hot start here for Rodgers. Dude, like, you got the Buccaneers, you got the Texans, the the Niners have a good secondary, but honestly, I'm, I'm looking at all these teams. The, yeah. the, the Packers got really lucky this year when it comes to facing terrible secondaries. Like, holy smokes, like, the Bears' secondary isn't that great the Panthers secondary is all super young the Eagles secondary is is really bad like wow like they got the 16 worst secondaries in the league so I mean this might be something that Rodgers keeps up because he's not really going up against any shutdown corners unless one emerges this year yeah and I think obviously Aaron Jones has been fantastic he's leading the league in rushing by about like 30 yards if I remember correctly right now obviously again the caveat is always going to be at least for tonight it's been two weeks or whatever but you know, he's been fantastic so far. And it's, I would say it's even more impressive based on how many snaps Jamal Williams is getting. That dude is on the field like 40% of the time. Like, imagine if Aaron Jones is taking 80% of the snaps, what his numbers would be. I mean, it's just been, it's been amazing so far. They're essentially becoming a dual threat. And I'm really happy with how the team has played. The one thing that frustrates me to no end, and it's been a problem in Green Bay for, you know, eight years getting up to the line of scrimmage and snapping the damn football. They ha- they take timeout after timeout after timeout to avoid delay game penalties because they mosey on up to the line and are doing nothing. Like it, every year it's a problem in Green Bay where we, we're burning timeouts. Obviously in the first half it's not going to be as big of a deal, but in the second half especially, in the Vikings game, they took two timeouts early in, early in the second half because they weren't getting up to the, the line of scrimmage. Like – that is stuff that will lose you football games. And pace the the getting up to the line has been it's been a problem for years and I I haven't seen it be fixed. Obviously, it was asked to LaFleur and it was asked to Rodgers in their postgame pressers after last week and they both acknowledged it. They're like, "Yeah, we you know, like we're not fast enough, like whatever. Whatever the reason is, I don't care what it is, but that's got to be fixed because timeouts especially in the second half are valuable." Clock management on par with the uh, University of Wisconsin River Falls Falcons. And yeah. a, li- a little fun fact here. I don't know if you knew this. This is just how much the NFL has changed. Uh, obviously with the – well, I guess it's always untimely, but with the passing of uh, Gail Sayers, I was looking back at running backs. Uh, did you know that the NFL has grown so much since the 80s uh, that A.J. Dillon is the exact dimensions as uh, the Nigerian nightmare Christian Okoye? What? What? Christian Okoye is one inch taller. He was six foot one, two sixty. AJ Dillon is six foot tall, two sixty. Dude, when I, dude, when I think of when I think of Christian Okoye, I think of just like a, a like a Mack truck just flying through the line of scrimmage. Like that, that's so crazy, dude. 
like obviously not a lot of people are gonna know who Krishna Koi is, but man, like I don't know about you. In my head, that dude is like six eight and four hundred pounds and just dominating. It's not 30 for 30, but there was an NFL doc on Okoye that, that was really interesting. And I remember him just for Steve Atwater blowing him the fuck up. Yep, yep. Steve Atwater is, dude, one of the hardest hitters ever. Do you remember Amobi Okoye? I don't think so. He was a guy who was drafted, I think, like ninth overall by the Bears in like 2010. I can pull him up. Uh, oh, he was, he was a 10th overall pick in 2007. Uh, he was drafted at age 19. Jesus. He like he started college at age 15. <laughs> it was something, I have no idea how this is allowed. It was something crazy like that. Like he he didn't just play a year in college. Like he it was something yeah. weird. He was born in Nigeria and yeah, that's I always I was I always thought they were related, but I guess Okoye is just a a, a common name like Johnson or whatever in Nigeria nope. so they uh, yep. are not related, but uh interesting nonetheless. That's crazy. <laughs> Um. All right. So, any other NFL teams you want to hit on real quick before we transition? Um. Very, very quickly. Um. The two other teams in the NFC North, because I figured it would just be an NFC North thing here. That's fair. God, the Bears are fucking two and zero, dude. The Bears are two and zero. Are they? All right. Real talk. How fraudulent are the Bears? Incredibly. Because the Lions were up twenty on them in the fourth quarter, in Week One. The Lions. Like, what? This Bears team, dude. Like, how many games are they going to win before we find out how bad they are? They're, they're clearly not a good football team. Yeah, they might win a couple, dude, because they got the Falcons and the Colts on the schedule. That's not uh, – they might start 4-0, but they are very fraudulent. And if it wasn't for DeAndre Swift, and my, my buddy Drew is a big Lions fan, so, so he was, he was, was devastated, so dude. Yeah, and then, I mean, they probably would have lost if Saquon didn't blow out his fucking... Just, ri- he just ripped his quad off the bone. Oh, man, yeah, that's... Ugh. Brutal. Absolutely um, brutal. I just... Dude, there's no way the Bears hold on to this. Like, I know they're 2-0, and but... There's no chance to win more than, like, nine games, right? Like, like I just don't... Oh, I think less than that. Yeah, I, I don't... Like, I think they're an eight and eight team, but then you look at it, it's like they're gonna get two against the Lions, and they'll probably get two against the Vikings. Yeah, I, although I kind of like it because I think they'll move on from Trubisky, and uh, they'll be in the worst spot in all of sports at being eight and eight, not high enough to get a Justin Fields or somebody like that. So that who knows, they might extend Trubisky just because we should uh, be hoping they do. Yeah, honestly, I kind of hope they win as, as many games as they can while still missing the playoffs. Like, Yeah, like what if we just give them nine wins, they, they miss the playoffs somehow, they extend Trubisky, and then it's just garbage for another half decade. I mean, that's that's ideal. Ideal, yeah. There's nothing better. Uh, Detroit is Detroit. How does Patricia still have a job? I would have fired him like a year and a half ago. <laughs> <laughs> but again, I, I love it as a Vikings fan. Dude, give, oh, Pat- keep give them Patricia all. a lifetime contract. I agree. I agree. But he's so bad. The, Bob Bob Quinn or whatever is fucking terrible as well. Dude, the NFC North is so bad. It's so bad. Oh, dude. Yeah, remember remember when this was like three years ago, it was like, oh, wow, that's kind of one of the more stacked divisions. Like, Yeah. Nope. Yeah. We're turning into the AFC South. We really are. 
division winner is going to be like seven and nine. Also, real quick, Russell Wilson out. I think he's out to an early MVP lead. And second, Drew Brees is cooked. Oh man, yeah, <laughs> dude, he was he was missing five yard drag throws by like six yards. <laughs> like, dude, that, like it, really it, bad. Like he'd just be there'd be a dude on the hash and he'd throw it out of bounds. Like, yeah, sorry, man. I just missed you. You know, like his accuracy is fried dude. And it, I'm kind of scared that it's well, you know what? I don't feel bad for new Orleans, but whatever. It's like, we could be watching him fall off a cliff right in front of our eyes. Like by week six, it could be just brutal. Yeah. Yeah. And then tough luck because they're screwed. They got rid of Teddy. Yeah. Oh, also, uh, 40 picks. The, the Arizona Cardinals might win a fucking Super Bowl this year. Dude, I dude, real quick, fantasy talk. My starting quarterback is Kyler Murray. My starting receiver is DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> oh, Jesus Lord. You've cornered the market on, on dude, uh, the Cardinals. They're, sco- they're scoring like 40 a week for me each. Dude, and the, and the, the thing with – I think you liked this tweet, which I think is how I saw it or something, but uh, it was fucking hilarious. I saw it like maybe a few weeks ago where it was like, dude – Kyler Murray might be the MVP and people wanted him to play, you know, triple A baseball in Iowa oh, yeah. for like four years. Yep. I remember that. Yeah. That was, <laughs> that was crazy. They're like, should he go play for the A's or whoever it was? It's like, Oh my God. No, like, no, oh, that that was, that's such a bad take. I, I want to see who the A's minor league affiliate is. Like he's going to be, he's going to be just stuck in like yeah. in Kansas. Yeah. The Midland Rockhounds. I don't even know where Midland is. <laughs> but that's where people want them to be. Jesus, dude. That ain't right. Or the Beloit yeah. Snappers. Arizona off to a really hot start, looking fantastic. I love to see it. Because I like Kyler Murray. I like DeAndre Hopkins a lot. And oh. uh, I want to see the Texans look as bad as possible. Oh, fuck the Texans. <laughs> oh, dude, just, just fuck. I don't know how anybody couldn't like DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, dude. Great. Do you remember, remember when he broke D'Angelo Hall's ankles? Yep. I remember that. And they started jawing at each other. <laughs> oh, oh God, man. I think funny. I think Hopkins went a pick. I, know, I gotta I gotta get the order correct here. I think he went like a pick after the Vikings took Cordero Patterson. Oh God. I didn't know that. I want I wanna say Well, we had that was twenty thirteen, so we had three first round pick. Oh, okay, no. He went two picks ahead of Cordero, but he went two picks behind uh, Xavier Rhodes. And we also took uh, Sharif Floyd uh, four picks ahead of DeAndre Hopkins. Oof, that hurts. You can live with the Xavier Rhodes pick. He was one of the best corners in the league for three years or whatever, but you, you can't live with the other. Yeah, that hurts. Yeah, that's bad. Although he had like some weird nerve issue, but that was still – it looked promising I, for like the first yeah. year, but after the first year, it was not very good. My all-time favorite is is the the Timberwolves passing on Curry twice in the top ten picks. You know what's slowly becoming my all-time favorite, and this is my super smooth transition into the NBA uh, conference finals. Yeah, the Timberwolves uh, passing up on uh, Jamal Murray for Jamal Chris Murray. Dunn. Or was yeah. it Chris Dunn? It was Chris Dunn. Yeah, Jesus fucking lord! One of the best players in basketball. Yeah, and he really, he really is like he's really coming into his own. He's having. This has been the last four weeks have been a coming out party for him, and the wolves could have had him and passed. Oh my fucking god, dude! It's never ending misery. I mean, they're 
we think there's bad draft histories in like Chicago and in Green Bay for anything other than quarterback, essentially. But like, man, you look at the Wolves, they have had blunder after blunder after blunder oh. in the NBA draft. And <laughs> it's not so like bad. and these aren't misses where it's like, well, you're picking twenty eighth and anything in the NBA after about ten is a crapshoot. These are like you have the third overall pick and don't mess it up. And they're like, wait, what? Wait, did you not? Did you say don't take Johnny Flynn? We want Johnny Flynn, but you know, like, like there's just, oh my god, dude, it's so, it's tough to watch, and I, and I feel for I feel for Wolves fans. There is no team in any sport in any league at any time that has ever drafted worse than the Minnesota Timberwolves. Dude, that's, there, that's a there, fact. There's a, everybody talks about are the Knicks the worst franchise in in sports right now? You could make an argument it's the Timberwolves. It's like, not even close. Like, 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 I know everybody will say, well, the Knicks have just – it's been so – and they haven't made the playoffs in X, Y, Z amount of time. And it's like, well, yeah, that's true. But you look at the Timberwolves and it's like, man, outside of a few KG years in the early 2000s, it's like this team has sucked forever. Dude, they have a winning percentage. I, I'm going to find it. Dude, their winning it's percentage the, is like 32. Yeah, it's the lowest in, in NBA history. Oh, not even – yeah, it's not even close. It's like five yeah. below Charlotte. It's yeah. it's it's so embarrassing. And dude, Jamal Murray's fucking twenty three. He's yeah. fucking twenty three, dude. He's not even dude, he's only gonna get better. Yep, and that's a dude that right now you sign him up for a ten year contract and say, Let's do it. You know what I'm saying? Like this is a dude that you keep in your franchise for a decade. We took Chris Dunn, I think when we drafted him, he was a senior. So he was twenty two when we drafted him. We yep. drafted some fucking homeless kid from Providence over fucking Jamal Murray. Like, how do you not see that? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's just been – it's been mistake after mistake of terrible drafts, poor contracts with – I mean, you have to pay Cat the max, which I'm fine with, and Cat's Cat. But, like, Andrew Wiggins, the day that happened, I was like, this is a terrible signing. Everyone's like, well, what, look what he could develop into. And I'm like, no, that's not how we do this. That's You don't pay someone a max deal on what they could potentially be. Hell no. Yeah, the, the Wolves' winning percentage is 39%. The Clippers are at 41. Nets and Grizzlies are at 41 as well. But And you know what? It's not even sometimes – I mean, all the time it's terrible drafting. But also, dude, Jimmy Butler might almost single-handedly dude, win right. a, an NBA final final for the NBA – or for uh, for the Miami Heat. Dude, that's the same, same fucking person that was just on the Timberwolves two years ago. But you know what I mean? Like, that's how much Jimmy we, was we right. kill players. Jimmy Jimmy was right. He said, you know, Andrew Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns, they, they, they just don't have drive. You know, like, they do what they have to do. They go to the weight room. You know, they do the stuff. But they're not there to, to win championships. They're there to play basketball and whatever. Like, Jimmy Butler was right. And, and when it came out, everyone said Jimmy Butler's a team wrecker. And obviously there's going to be – obviously he has problems if he's gone from franchise to franchise. But, like, when you're performing at that level, it really doesn't matter. Like, what we're seeing right now, there's two minutes left in the second quarter. Miami's up 2-1 to one in the series right now, and they have a four-point lead over Boston. Like, there's a good chance they're going to the NBA Finals. And a lot of the reason is Jimmy Butler. And Minnesota can't – Minnesota, Philly, and Chicago are all wrong for that. Yeah, and dude, it's so fucked up on so many levels. Like when they traded for Jimmy Butler, I even I thought this, especially with 
how players don't stay on teams for a very long time. You know what I mean? Kawhi was only with the, the Raptors for a year. You know what I mean? Stars yeah. are always leaving. I was like, dude, why would we give up? I thought Zach Levine was a better player at the time. And I, whenever the Timberwolves make a trade for a player, I'm like, dude, why? Because they're just going to leave in two years. Like, there's no way any player we trade for is going to stay on the team for, for more than, you know, two years. So why give up, you know, all these, all these fucking players? Like, you look at, like, uh, the, the uh, fuck, what was it? The, um, the, Paul, oh, the Paul George trade. Dude, chances are the, the Clippers will be, will be giving first-round picks to the Thunder, like, four years after Chris – or. Uh, Fucking Paul George has played his last game for the Clippers. Yep. Stars don't play in one in one spot for very long. But you know, if if you're Philly, you feel like fucking idiots. Philly should have gave up on their on those two bums and just stuck with Jimmy Butler. The Timberwolves. I mean, I, I guess you can't give up on Cat because he's one of the most talented players to come into the league in like the last yep. ten years. But Andrew Wiggins, God, Andrew Wiggins is pretty much solely the reason why Jimmy Butler's not on this team doing the same thing. And I saw somebody yeah, say this. Right. It, it might have been on Twitter. Uh, on the broadcast right after the the Nuggets came back from that 3-1 deficit um, in the second round of the playoffs. Dude, that sh- that should have and could have been Minnesota. Yeah. No, it's true. And it's like, Cat, Cat is not the problem. Wiggins was the problem. I mean, that dude was eating salary like no nobody's business. He wasn't performing. That's a dude, I have never seen someone that athletic with that wingspan. That dude is Based on his body type, that dude was born to steal the basketball and, like, slam it in transition. And he didn't play any defense. And we, you and I both know, because I've seen you tweet about it, defense is 95% effort. Everybody in the NBA is athletic. Everybody has the, the, the ability to play defense outside of, like, some super small point guards. But Andrew Wiggins was built to play defense, and he didn't play any. And his offense wasn't efficient. He loved the mid-range jumper, which in 2020 is legitimately a terrible shot. Like, he played – his play style was archaic, and he played no defense and was getting max dollars, which is a freaking tragedy for Minnesota. Yeah, oh, well, of course. And that that's a sad thing, too, because it is mostly effort, but he has the intangibles to make him one that's of the a, best. Yeah. And, exactly. the, and the, the, you know who he is? And I don't give a, I don't give a fuck if it's absolutely fucking ridiculous, but this is what I'm going to say. In in three years from now, we're we're gonna realize that Andrew Wiggins was just a Pat Statting Michael Kidd Gilchrist. Yeah, uh, a little bit more athletic. Uh, he has a greater variance and he's in, in in his inconsistency, so he can drop forty. You know what I mean? But that's once yeah. or twice a year. Yeah. And he's just a Michael Kidd Gilchrist, a guy who was a high draft pick that the team hangs out. You know, Charlotte hung on to him for like fucking eight years. And, uh, you know, that's just who he is. He, I, I don't – you know what? I'm at the point where I don't give a fuck about talent. Jimmy – like, this sounds kind of crazy because yeah. obviously at this level everybody has talent. But, like, Jimmy Butler's not particularly talented. This was like a homeless kid from Marquette, late first-round pick. That's what effort does for you. P.J. Tucker is what effort does for you. Yeah, having, exactly. having a work ethic. Those two guys, I'd take them any day of the week over someone with talent who doesn't use it. Someone like a like – a, fucking like a Nerlens Noel or a, or a Andrew Wiggins or just guys like this. I don't care. Talent is there, there's, there's so many talented people who aren't even in the NBA, but there's, you know what I mean? It's, it's so fucking frustrating. Like you want to build your team around a Jimmy Butler or, or a PJ talk. Well, build your team around. I use that loosely with, you know, that example, but it's 
very frustrating. PJ Tucker's a he's he's a starter on pretty much every single championship caliber team in the league. Like whatever team you put him on, he'd be a starter on a, on a team playing for a championship. Like that's a dude that grinded his way. He was playing international ball for like five years, and found and has worked his way back into the NBA and eventually started for the Rockets. Like that's a dude. Like you said, that's a dude I want on my team. Jimmy Butler's a dude that I want on my team, but. You know, Andrew Wiggins is the opposite, and that's so frustrating, especially because, you know, Minnesota gave away a lot in that trade. Obviously, Kevin Love, we know the role he took in Cleveland, and he took less shots and kind of agreed to be that third wheel. Um, But he helped that team win a championship. He's a really good player. And the Wolves basically gave him away for um, added salary and a worse player. So, you know, put up – mark down another tally for for a Wolves mistake. And uh, again, realize I'm talking just about players I would like to have on my roster. I'm not saying these are superstars or guys that you would build around. But no, I'm just making it clear to the audience. But like, you can identify even bench players that you would love to have on your team that are gonna that are truly gonna contribute something positive, you know, in the playoffs or when you're trying to do something. Like, you want an Anthony Tolliver on your team. You want. Uh, Nemanja Bialica on your team. You want uh, a Kyle Korver. You want an Al Farouk Amino. Uh, you know, I a guy who can play defense. Like yep. you, you don't, you don't, you don't have to only focus on superstars. Like you, you can even see this. You know, from ten to fifteen on rosters, there's guys who yep. you just go. You, you know your role. You're going to be a a person we can work with. You bring some sort of specialty and effort to the table. Like you don't have to break the bank on a lot of these guys. I think Dwight Howard's a good example right now. Obviously, Dwight Howard's got a big name, and he'll likely be in the Hall of Fame one day. But, you know, for people that don't watch the NBA anymore or or, have, or don't watch it closely, the dude has been essentially fried for about four years. Like, there's not a ton left. And he's bounced from team to team, and he's nowhere near what he was in 2009 when he took that team to the finals in Orlando. But he's a bench player right now. He knows his role. He comes in. He fights. He grabs rebounds. And he catches alley-oops and, 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 and finishes at the rim. Like, he's not trying to be that 30-15 and 15 player that he was 11 years ago. And that's it's people like that that I want on my team. It's like, you know what your role is. You're not fighting for starter minutes. You're here to come in, give the bench a boost, and at least keep us in the game when the starters are off the floor like Anthony Davis. Um, Dwight Howard's... I, I'm, I've been really impressed with him, and we, we can kind of lead into, you know, conference finals talk with this, but I've been so impressed with him this year, knowing what his role is. Because it's not easy. You look at Carmelo Anthony, that's a dude that struggled to change his role. He was fighting for starter minutes when he clearly didn't deserve them on every team he's played for since essentially New York. And it's a dude that couldn't accept the role, and he'll be in the Hall of Fame one day, and it's whatever. But Dwight Howard has done a fantastic job, and he's a scrapper, and 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 kind of like PJ Tucker, that's a dude that I want on my team when it comes to playoff time. Exactly, and Dwight Dwight Howard, I think he's always been underrated, even the last few years. He like he was still averaging a double double, well over a double double in Charlotte, and like the the thing with Dwight Howard, he could have a long career, a long you know maybe four five six year career. Well, six might pushing it, but like doing this type of work, and and the thing with Dwight is like. And, and why it's, it's defense's effort, which is what we saw from Carmelo when he actually started trying. But, like, I don't – I can't explain to you how unimpressed I am by people who score. 
I don't care. Anyone can score. Danny Green trying to score and trying to be a hero and bricking 15 three-pointers a game, I'm not impressed. But Dwight Howard scoring a little bit and getting rebounds, like rebounds make your team better. Scoring does not make your team better. That's just for you. So I even see it with LeBron kind of in this playoff series and over the last couple of years where like I'm not impressed by LeBron when he scores 50 points because, okay, like you scored a lot of points, but I'm very impressed when it's like, no, but I was – when there was a, 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 a wide open, much better shot, I dished it out. You know, yep. we, we got a double double, like or a triple double. I was, I, I'm so much more impressed at, with people who can make players around them better because there's more of them than there are of you. You know what I mean? So somebody, yep. somebody like a Danny Green, like dude, he's shooting like 17 percent in this, in this series so, so far. So bad. From yeah, for, it's like, dude, I don't need you. You're just wasting possessions. You're just, you know what I mean? Like we, we're gonna lose with you on the court like a nick it's he's basically the the modern version of nick young on the lakers and the sad part is danny green has been a really really good shooter and good defender for about four years before this year and he gets to the lakers and it, it he falls off a cliff like it it doesn't make sense it's not fair but you know they got to live with it the problem is the bench isn't good enough like the bet outside of like dwight howard kyle kuzma is a good player but like they they need to look at potentially benching Danny Green and starting Kyle Kuzma. Like outside of that, that bench does not have a lot, and there's not a lot of people. You know, there's not a lot of people on that team that can fill Danny Green's spot, even when he is producing that little. Like they're in trouble. Like if if he doesn't produce, I know they're up two one and and things look fine right now, but Danny Green needs to produce, and he's been garbage since essentially since the first series for uh, against the first um, playoff series this year, he's been not good. And it's slowly starting to cost them. KCP hasn't been that great. Contavious Caldwell Pope. Is he starting over Alex Caruso? Yeah. Caruso doesn't start. I might, it's, I might consider starting Caruso over green. Caruso at least plays defense. I, Danny green, dude, Danny green in the last three games has committed some of the worst fouls I've ever seen in my life. Like, he's playing terrible. Yeah, it's, it's not good, dude. It's like, not I don't good. Know, you know what's bad? When I was five minutes late to a Lakers game, I think this was during the Rockets series. I was five minutes late to the TV after it had started. They had tipped off. I checked Twitter, and Danny Green was twending, trending with, like, 30,000 tweets, like four minutes into the game. He's it, out there making a bad. joke out of it. <laughs> and, you know, shoulda, coulda, woulda because we live in, in this current reality, but dude, it probably should have been uh, right now a two, one lead for the nuggets. Like, don't forget, yeah. like it was awesome. Yeah. You won and obviously you did win. So you get, you know, the, the two, one lead, but don't, don't even think about resting on your laurels or, you know, Oh yeah, we can no, rely thought- on that every game. No, that was, that was very talented. It was a very good shot, but it, also in a sense, it was a little lucky because you, you don't want to rely on, you know, a fucking, shot with one and a half seconds left in a game, you know, yep. versus the Nuggets. Well, and to be honest, I still favor the Nuggets in the series. I, Dude, it, it, when I look at it, yeah, the Lakers got a little lucky in, in the last game, but look at Denver's defense on that play. It's absolutely abysmal. To uh, uh, Plumlee was trying to switch, which made no sense because there was no screen. <laughs> He's like, switch, switch. There's no screen coming. And so the other dude's like, uh, switch what? You know, there's nobody here. 
Davis gets open, obviously hits the three, and they take a 2-0 lead. But it's like, man, Denver almost blew like a 25-point lead last night. They fell asleep in that second half. The Lakers went on a couple runs, and it's like, that's a team that that obviously Denver won the game, and that's important as well. But I think the Lakers can take some positives from that. Denver should not be blowing like 25 points. It was a three-point game at one point in the fourth quarter. Like that, that should never happen when you have that big of a lead, especially in sometime in the third quarter. Yeah, absolutely not. I mean, clearly there's major problems with both of these teams. You know, whoever gets past this series, like I wouldn't – I mean, I'd feel good because you made it to the final stage, but, I mean, holy shit, there's definitely – like, dude, what was They're it? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, that's true. But yeah. what was it? Like Dwight Howard and AD had like four rebounds in, in I, uh, the game a couple I, of days ago? Yeah, so I could be wrong about this, but last night I don't think Anthony Davis got his first rebound until the fourth quarter, which is like how they weren't down seventy. Like, and I'm like not even joking. How do you? This is this is one of the best rebounders in the game. How does he have two rebounds with three minutes left in the fourth quarter? They had, dude. The Lakers last night had twenty four rebounds, which was the lowest they've had in a playoff game in twenty eight years. Jesus. And, and and at one point it was a three point game in the fourth quarter. Like if they if they even remotely rebound, not even good, not even average. If they rebound poorly, they win that game by like eight points. <laughs> How do you not just luck into more than Dude, fucking two I, it, rebounds? I, it's I have no idea. I thought the stats were wrong because they kept showing AD's scoreline. I'm like, what do you mean he has one rebound? Like that. <laughs> This is a dude who regularly has five, six, seven rebounds early in the second quarter. Like I just, I don't understand. And this is what I'm talking about. Uh, about people need to do their job. We, we like remember like uh, maybe like three years ago, where during the off season it was a really big talker. Like, wow, Anthony Davis has really been working on his three point shooting. Like he's really trying to become an outside scoring guy. Okay, that if he if he can shoot the three. That's cool. It's always good to have skills no matter what they are. But, like, you're a goddamn fucking center. I don't need you to shoot threes. Like, uh, Anthony Davis, I need you to rebound. I need you to be the secondary scorer. I need you to, to catch passes from LeBron. LeBron, I need you to distribute the ball. Danny Green, I need you to put forth some effort here on defense. And if you are wide open by 25 yards, then I'm allowing you to take a three-point shot. But if not... Uh, we, we probably don't it, – it's yeah. a, it's the same mentality as another guy on the team, Deion Waiters, where, where he was like, I'd rather go 0-30 than go 0-9 because that means I, I my confidence is gone and I'm not yeah. taking shots. Yeah. Well, I'm sure the team would prefer that you went 0-9 as opposed to 0-30. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just people need to do one, their job. And the one thing about AD is that, like, it he if you look at the numbers, he's essentially been the primary scorer for the Lakers this year, like, it, obviously, it's always going to be LeBron's team when he's on the roster, at least for another couple of years. But in terms of scoring, this is AD's team. And he. Uh, a lot of people don't know he played point guard until he got to college. He played point guard in high school, and then he, he grew like a foot and a half in like two years, and they basically forced him to play forward and center. Um, but he has guard handling moves. He can shoot the outside shot. Like He's an all-around scorer. He's one of the best in the league. And 
you know, having a, like whatever, I don't know how many rebounds he finished with, but he had two rebounds, like three minutes left in the game last night. That's a, that's a complete fluke. Like that's a dude who doesn't effort has never been an issue for him. So for whatever in the hell reason it happened, it just, he wasn't getting rebounds last night, but man, I, the way both of those teams played last night was so concerning for either fan base. If you look at Denver, that's a game. I mean, if we're talking about a 28 year low in terms of rebounds for the Lakers and it, and it was a one possession game in the fourth quarter at one point, like that should never happen for Denver. And if you're the Lakers, like, what are you doing? You know, Danny Green has been terrible. Maybe it's time to get Kuzma some more minutes. You know, it, Dwight Howard didn't play particularly particularly well last night after having a good playoffs. Like, so many things went wrong for the Lakers last night. And then they almost won the game, which is concerning for Denver. I, I just feel like both teams should be kind of worried. <laughs> oh, yeah. And uh, we'll have to wrap it up here shortly because the Crestview Elementary production of Susicle is about to come into the studio, so we're going to have to wrap it up here. But I, I'm afraid uh, I'm afraid what we're seeing with the Lakers really, really reminds me of like the 2016 Cavaliers where you just hope you can get one championship, but you start to see how this team is forming together and you go, there's not a whole lot much more we could do to make this team better. So either we win it with what we have or like there's not a whole lot more we can do like we've already given out as much money as we can can't really bring in any more superstars the only thing you can hope for uh next year is that you find you know somebody who had a career-ending injury who used to be a star and you sign them to a mid-level exception or something like there's not a whole lot you can do to fix this team it's kind of what it's going to be and it's and even as it is it's one of the best teams in the league no doubt about it but the thing is you got to be you got to be worried about the Warriors next year because they have the second pick in the draft. Curry's going to be back. Clay's going to be back. Wiggins will be there for whatever it is. You know, you see how he fits in a new system. But you got to be worried about the Warriors. If I, I'm telling you right now, the one fan base that should really be worried is the Clippers. Paul George and Kawhi Leonard signed two plus one contracts. So essentially, they're only tied to the Clippers for two years. So next year is essentially year two. After that, they can be done or whatever for whatever reason they don't want to stay and the Clippers traded away everything to get Paul George literally everything they already, have no already one of the worst trades of all time yes they have no future like if they don't win it obviously this year was their, they were the favorite to win a championship going in the playoffs but like if they don't win a title next year they're screwed for a decade and that's like not even hyperbole that's factual looking at what they've done to get the roster that they have They'll, they'll go back to the Donald Sterling years where they would oh, go Jesus. like 20 and 62. Yeah. Oh, God. And also, I, I hate Pat Beverly a lot. <laughs> that I, guy annoys me, the shit out of me. Dude, me too. That dude, he is, he is legitimately one of the worst guards in the league on offense. He can't score a bucket to save his life, but he plays decent defense. He's a good defender, and so he talks like he's, he talks like he's Kevin Durant. I'm like, dude, you need to relax. You really need to relax. Take a chill pill. Enjoy that vacation in Aruba or whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was talking about everybody else leaving the bubble. Hey, buddy, it's your turn. Oh, man. Dude, that, that's that's like Sean Mannion talking shit if the Vikings were to win yeah. th- this yeah. Sunday. It's like, dude, you're like we know you're a great defender, but Jesus, you don't do much else besides that. Like, come on. So, yeah, if I was a Clippers fan, I'd be worried. Dude, I'm excited for the Thunder. They got cheated with Durant. 
They had to get rid of Russ because, you know, Durant essentially tore it down even though they had a 3-1 lead on the Warriors. One of the greatest Warriors what, what would have happened if they would have kept that trio together. Yep, absolutely. And it's like, they've, I think they've got like eight first-round picks in the next five years or something. Like, they, dude. Dude, and you know what's the most embarrassing thing about that trade? They got the better player. I'm, I'm going to say a year from now, Shea Gilgis-Alexander is a better player than, than uh, PG-13. PG thir- playoff P I'm start calling him way off P because that dude sucks in the postseason that's embarrassing uh, that's like calling Charles Barkley yeah. championship Chuck championship Chuck that's right like dude Paul George or as Skip Bayless would say George Paul like dude there's a chance he's not playing for the Clippers after next year and the Clippers just suck again and they have no future where the hell do you think Kawhi Leonard would go if next year just goes all to it's, shit, I know we got to wrap up, but we're, that's we're, a great we're, dude. That's no. a great question. It, dude, Minnesota I don't know. Timberwolves, like, oh my god, dude, you know how sick that would be. Well, I'm trying, like, what team would be a good fit? Philly doesn't have the cap. Well, what does Boston's cap space look like? Dog shit, dude. They're still paying Gordon Hayward. Oh, that's right. I forgot about his deal. What about he the Miami Heat? Yeah. They're only paying one superstar, right? With... I was going to say, he could go to Miami. I mean, they'll have to pay out of bio at some point, but I don't know when he's, when he's up. Another guy, another – it would just be another mercenary signing for for the Heat. Oh, my. It's worked out several times. I know. Dude. They, just win, they just win titles and then start over again. It, that's every title they've won. Every yeah. title they've won, it's a mer- well. I mean, I guess they drafted Dwayne Wade, but signing Sha- yeah, D- Shaq. D Wade in 06, that's one of the best finals performances in history. He literally won that championship essentially by himself. Who did they face in 2006? Uh, Dallas. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I th- I'm pretty sure he averaged, like, don't quote me on this. I'm pretty sure he averaged like 32, 16, and 8 or something like that. <laughs> like, just. <laughs> When the, Ma- like, when the Mavericks won uh, a few years later, that was one of the greatest old yes. man performances of all time. Yep, Dirk went crazy, dude. Dirk. Had like Jason Kidd on the J- team. J- Jason Kidd, Jason Terry, the Jet was just out there bombing threes. All like, like 37 years old. Yeah. that Dude, that was – 2011 Mavs are one of the best Cinderella teams like the last 30 years. Like that team didn't have a shot in hell going into that postseason. And they just turned into a team that couldn't lose. Where if if Denver is to win it all, which is a, a big ask, but if they're to win it all, where does that rank all time? Because obviously they've been highly seeded the last two years, but coming back three one three one, nobody thought they would win. Maybe you thought they'd get to like you know the second round of the playoffs, but yeah, I don't I, know. they get no respect. No, I picked them for a series, and and that was it. But man, I just I have no idea. I mean, that's, it's going to be crazy. But, yeah, even right now, Miami has a – they have an eight-point lead a couple minutes into the third quarter, so it looks like they could be going up 3-1. Well, there we go. I'm a, I'm a big fan of the Heat. Major, major fan. Always have been. Yeah, always, always, always you know, say. been a Miami guy for quite a while, and, uh, you know, here we are. Absolutely. Not one, not two, not, not three. Not three, not four, not five. The weird thing is, if Le- if LeBron would have stayed, they actually probably could have won more titles. Yeah. So why why did he leave? Because my- no, I understand why he left Cleveland the second time because the team was absolutely fucking cooked. Garbage. But the, yeah. the team wasn't cooked at the end of the run no. in Miami. The team wasn't cooked. He 
their bench was dog shit because you their know back when dark. the salary cap was cap was smaller. Like literally, Wade, uh, LeBron, and and uh, Chris Bosh. Like that was like ninety seven percent of their salary cap. Yep. Yep. Well, essentially, there was two things that, from what I've heard, is that the biggest one is he wanted to win a title in Cleveland. You know, he wanted to go back and kind of redeem himself and and bring a title to that state. And they, he had seen Kyrie was there, and Kyrie was a good player, and the team was getting a little better, and he felt like he'd have a shot to win a title there. And then the second one, D. Wade was getting older, and Chris Chris Bosh was essentially starting to have health issues because he had the blood clot problem, which forced him to retire a couple years later. But um, not that the writing was on the wall for that Heat team, but it looked like at most they had a couple years left, and – and f- even for a year, it looked like Cleveland had a, a decent future. Dude, I, I love the role players on these teams. Like, remember when they signed Greg, uh, Greg Oden, uh, yeah. James Jones, Norris Cole, Mario Chalmers, Joel fucking Anthony. Birdman. <laughs> Chris Anderson. Fucking Dude. Birdman. Yep, Mario, Ch- Mario Chalmers is low-key really good. But he like only ever played for like he might have played like one year elsewhere like when when oh the no he were did, done. he literally would get into the game and just bomb threes. Shane Battier, that's a good one. Shane Battier is a good one. Who else was on that team? Uh, oh, Tony Douglas. Jawan Howard was on the bench in that team. <laughs> Richard Lewis. And J- and Jawan Howard was like forty five. <laughs> oh my god! And Udonis Haslam obviously Udonis been on the team the entire time. Yep. But that that's funny with with Mike Miller. Yeah, Mike team. Miller was on the team. Real uh, talk, I don't know. I don't know. You probably don't watch these old games as much as I do, but I've seen the game seven from that last championship with the Heat uh, against the Spurs. And dude, like that game seven in Miami, Shane Battier was shot like seven for seven from three and was just unconscious the whole game. Like he yeah. he pretty much won him that game seven. It was amazing, dude. <laughs> Oh, Mike Bibby was on the team the first Mike year. Mike Bibby was on that roster. Yep. Do you know who was on the roster the first year LeBron got signed? Fucking Jerry Stackhouse. What? Jerry Stackhouse. I don't even remember that. In his 15th year in the league. Also, don't forget, I think I think only for the first year in, in uh, Miami, Big Z also came over that year. Zadrunas, that's right. Zadrunas Elgaskis, that's right. I think that was the only year he played, but there was a lot of great old players on that team. One of, one of the all-time leading rebounders in Cleveland. <laughs> oh, people don't realize, mostly because Cleveland was fucking dog shit the yeah. year his Big yeah. Z was there, but yeah, he's got his banner he up player. there. He was a good player. Yeah, he was, uh, well, not, not a double-double guy, but yeah, he was pretty good. Yeah, but that dude... LeBron's played on some really bad teams. Like you look at his, you look at like 2003 through about 2009 in Cleveland. That team was garbage, and he took them to the finals three times or whatever. Like, it's just man, that's so it's so hard to watch that. But oh, dude, what, what was it? Who was the who was the second uh, second piece there? Like early on, fuck uh, snow or something like they. Oh yeah, the guard. Yeah, yeah. They had it no was lit- it was literally him, Snow, Anderson Vergeau, and Zadrunas Elgaskis. Oh, they had Carlos Boozer when he was uh, a rookie on one of those early Cavaliers teams. Yeah, Carlos, and then he went to Chicago and actually got good. Remember when he spray painted his hair? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> that was funny. Drew oh. Gooden. 
Oh my You're god. You're good. Yep. Dude, there was if you go back and look at those Cavs rosters, they're awful. And they still put up good points, but they're 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 Kevin Love points. They're just garbage points. Danielle Marshall? Oh Larry Hughes. That's Larry Hughes. Yep. Oh my God. How how was this team legal? Mo Williams. Oh my god. I think he's I think for like a year and a half, Mo Williams was the leading scorer for the Timberwolves all time because yeah. he had that 50-point performance. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, these teams are, are not, not legal. That's, that's for sure. Jesus Lord. Yeah, we'll have, to, we'll have to do – I mean, listen, we're still working on the, um, the River Falls lacrosse game on cutting that's that up right. and, and that's doing right. a, a recap of that. Oh, that, dude, that's going to be a fun episode. Oh, hell yeah. So we got that one in the works. Um, we were going to talk about the Twins, but obviously we're a little over time here, so we'll have to wrap it up. But uh, we'd love to have you back in about a week Absolutely. from now, and we can yeah. talk about the uh, the Twins and, uh, you know, what a season in the review. Central? It's half a game right now. They're half a game back from the White Sox. Yeah, we'll have to see if they catch That'll up to them, great. and we'll have to see if they play the Yankees in the playoffs. But, you know, we'll have a, we'll have a preview, a preview for that. A lot of fun. Yep, so – Absolutely. Potentially, maybe some, hey, maybe some, uh, you know, things in the works with Hastings as well. Yeah, we'll have to do a, sh- we'll have to do a show on on what you think about uh, Hastings Raiders soccer. What do you think about the boys' team on all all your hot sports takes? We'll have to get your opinions oh, on that. We're we're gonna have some blazing episodes and we start talking Hastings soccer. Oh, absolutely. Well, listen, you know, I don't know if you've ever if you've ever been to historic. Todd Field at uh, McNamara Stadium, but you know <clears throat> that's a legendary stadium they have down there in Hastings in uh, in Minnesota football history. I have not been, but maybe in the future. It's maybe it's in, in it's in a cavern. It is uh, it's well below um, uh, sea level, if, oh, if you man. want to put it that way. Oh man! So it's interesting. It is uh, yeah, it's sandwiched uh, right on an intersection. Oh oh, funny story. I was doing an interview uh, down in Hastings for a place that shall not be named because fuck them because they didn't hire me. Uh, but uh, uh, the guy was a little bit late. And uh, you know why he was late? Because he was covering uh, a story, uh, breaking, breaking news about a guy who was speeding down that road and uh, crashed into the football field because it's down in a little pit <laughs> on, on an intersection. Just fucking flew over the gate. And uh, <laughs> he crashed his car in the middle of the, the, the high school football field. Oh, my God. That's – dude, I got to see this field. You should, yeah, look it up and let me know what you think. It's, it's, it's actually pretty cool to, to broadcast from there. I've had the opportunity to do that for uh, Town Square when they, when they played down in Hastings for a playoff game. But, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's cool. They're nice people down in Hastings. Not as nice as Cottage Grove, Minnesota, which is just – you know, five minutes to the north, my hometown. But you know, they're they're okay down in Hastings. I think think we'll like them. Love to see it. Absolutely. Right. Well, we'll uh, we'll wrap it up here. We'll let you go. We'll let you watch uh, this uh, last uh, quarter and a half. Yeah, last quarter and a half. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's the end of our show here. Again, you can follow me on Twitter at Owen Ely MN. You got to check out the website NorthStarSports.media. Tons of fun stuff there. Uh, obviously the main card showdown and, and we have all of our picks there. You can follow uh, Reagan Hooverman at sports fan Hoove. If you can't spell it, then you're a fucking idiot and you probably shouldn't follow Reagan cause you can't spell. Big facts. Absolutely. So thanks for, uh, for joining the show, Reagan Hooverman with that. We'll wrap it up. Thanks for tuning in everybody.